Slant Football Podcast. We'll go behind the scenes with Jayhawk Slant, the online leader, covering KU football and recruiting. Now, here's the staff from JayhawkSlant.com, Randy Withers and John Kirby. Hey, everybody, welcome into the signing day edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. This is Randy Withers, and not too long ago, Lance Leipold finished up his signing day press conference. We're going to talk about this class and go through some of the positions, rankings, and then I'm going to grill JK on every player who signed with the Kansas Jayhawks today. We'll hear from Lance Leipold. We're going to mix in some of his comments from earlier as well. We're going to hear from the latest state champion to turn in a big performance in the Georgia State title game, Ja'Cory Stewart, who is also officially a Jayhawk. He's going to join us later. Before we get into all that, we've got so much to cover, I'm not wasting any more time. Let me bring in my man John Kirby, the publisher of Jayhawk Slant and the longest tenured man on the Kansas football beat. John, are you... Are you holding your eyelids open with duct tape at this point? <laughs> I, I feel like it, man. It's been a th- these these couple days leading up. Now, now I will admit, I will admit that this signing day was a little bit better, okay? Mm-hmm. Because we knew who the guys were, and I even put on the board. I felt everybody was solid. I, you know, this last weekend, I tracked guys nobody was on visits so I felt good and then obviously we'll have a a a new addition that came along that that maybe wasn't on the commitment list until today we'll talk about that later but and you know Randy I did you know I want this to be about you and I talked about this off the air I want this to be about the high school guys today, right? I mean, we've got some portal news. We've got some portal commitments. Uh, there's probably going to be more things happening down the portal, and we're going to touch with that on our bowl podcast, which is coming in a couple of days. Okay, we're going to have some good stuff getting ready for the UNLV game. But, you know, it used to be, Randy, remember December and January, all we did was talk high school football, right? Yes. And high school football recruits. Well, if you look at the way this thing's changed now, the high school kids, they get May through August, all right? May, you start hearing about who's taking the official visits. In June, they take the official visits. They start making their commitments. In July, they'll, the news trickles in. And then by about August, the, the high schools start their camps. The colleges start their camps. And then we go through the season, okay? And then the season goes through, and it gets done, and now... Late November, early December, what does everybody talk about? Transfer portal. Transfer portal. Nothing I mean, but the transfer portal. I mean, the high school kids, I, I, some, I actually kind of felt bad a little bit that the, there has been, there is so little talk about high school football recruiting starting about December 1. So I said, hey, this podcast, we're giving this to the high school kids. I love it. I, I think I think it's a great way to do it. Let's focus on on those new guys, like you say, the ones that kind of this time of year get lost uh, in the shuffle of of what is really college football free agency now. So it's yeah, I'm excited. Let's let's give them their day. Let's focus on them. Um, 
But before we get into breaking down this class, John, let's let's start with Lance Leipold. Let's hear what he had to say just a few minutes ago as he made this class official and kind of shared his thoughts on the newest group of Jayhawks. Ah, what stands out? Um, yeah, again, very excited about this class. Um, really appreciate the efforts of, of everyone associated in the recruiting process for us, uh, our, our recruiting department. Uh, head up by Rob Inello, General Manager Grant Murray, and, and, and the rest there. Our staff on the road, people that make the visits there. Um, you know, we, I, I think what we, we hit our needs, of course, like everyone always talks about, but uh, I, I think this is a special class in a lot of ways. Obviously, we think it's extremely talented. Um, I, I think this group has gotten gotten close already. Um, we'll have more enro- uh, mid-year enrollees than we ever have had in, in, our, in our time. Um, and really from the, you know, all but two committed, I think, before the 4th of July, and they all stayed committed. And, uh, and again, I think that that speaks about them and their word and their, and their process, um, the job our assistant coaches have done in building those relationships. Um, and, and then equally, uh, the uh, trajectory of this program and the things that are happening have made these guys, uh, why a lot of people still t- try to, uh, to recruit them. And uh, you could see them. The, the other thing, I think, Michael, is, uh, you know, uh, probably as good as any class that I've been a part of as a head coach about uh, guys playing on, on some very, very successful teams in their own states. And uh, that's exciting when we have those type of competitors and guys that have been in those winning cultures coming to our program. Hey, Lance, you said something about the guys all committed and they stayed committed in this day and age. That's so hard to do. How did you guys do that? I know how we didn't do it. <laughs> I, I, again, I, I think uh, um, <laughs> I, I, well, I just again the the relationship to, from the time it went to continue conversations, the understanding, the transparency, the genuineness, all the things we've talked about that we've been about. I, there, there wasn't something different, even though the games changed. That that is done done with with. Uh, um, with guys, so uh, again, I think we've mentioned some of these guys, but uh, all our guys in, in different areas that have worked hard, you know, um, uh, of uh, you know, within our evaluation times to get out and see guys when it was the right time, or you know, our, you know, the constant communication. I don't want to say weekly because it can be daily at times. All those little things, um, but uh, again, I, I and again, I think through even last spring. The evaluation part of fit for us, and not just ability, and sometimes you can you, you kind of get a sense of that as well. I don't think we did that as well the year before, and and some things happened down the stretch that I had a feeling on, and uh, it, it played out a certain way, and, and it played out for the better. But uh, I, I think we did a better job this time of uh, not just taking the ability, but taking the fit as well. John, the good news is they landed everybody you expected and and had been predicting for the last several days, really, maybe even longer than that. I'm going to give you the floor now and and 
I want you to start. Just tell me some things that stand out to you about this group of high school kids. Yeah, Randy, I think, you know, and I'm going to talk about non-football stuff right now. I think the most impressive thing to me is, number one, the loyalty of this class and then the job that the staff did. I mean, there are several guys in this class who had multiple Power 5 offers. There are several guys that are highly ranked. There are guys that could have easily flipped and gone somewhere else, but they didn't. They stayed committed, and you don't see that happen very often, okay? So I think maybe the biggest thing to me is the quality of the kids and the people in this class. I've been super impressed with all of them I've talked to, all of them I've gotten to know. They all, they're just quality guys, and they all stayed true to their word. Some of them I even joked with and said, boy, you know, people were worried that you were going to decommit, and guys are like, no. No, I'm good. I was good with Kansas the whole time. Never really wavered or anything. So to me, in, in the day and age that we're in now, to have all of these guys commit and stay with it. I mean, some of the, a lot of these guys committed you know, back in the summer and mm-hmm. could have gone on other visits and, and switched their commitments, and they didn't do it. So that, to me, is impressive. For, from a number standpoint and a quality standpoint, I haven't seen a high school class like this in a long time, one through 17, top to bottom. Okay, this is, in the rivals recruiting rankings, everything's based on 20 recruits. So when you're Kansas, you're not going to get all the full points that you should because they, they don't sign 20 high school guys. Okay, now we, we have introduced the new comprehensive ranking and that ties into the portal and everything. But from in a high school class, we haven't seen anything like this since the Mangino era. And when you look at that right now, you know, at, heading into the signing day, they had a, a star ranking of 3.25, okay? And then I have to look at the updated rankings with Grimes in it, but that is definitely the best since they've had in the, in the, since the Mangino era. A 3.25 star ranking would put them in the top 35 in the nation. And then when you look at the new Big 12 that's forming, you take out Texas and Oklahoma, you bring in the new Pac-12 schools, and you look at the new conference the way it's going to go, Kansas would be third in the conference in star ranking. So, Oh, wow. Hey, listen, it's been a long time since we could talk about numbers like that. So this class is solid. There are not a lot of weaknesses, if any at all. They covered a lot of their needs in their class. So, listen, I'm impressed, man. I am impressed with this class. And, and, and like I said, for like the third time, I am just, in this day and age, for everybody to stick together, wow, what a great job. No question. You know, like I said, good news that they got everyone and then actually added some extra help with the addition of Graydon Grimes, which is a nice surprise, but wasn't exactly unexpected, was it? No, no, it wasn't. Um, and and I appreciate, you know, I had reached out to Graydon, and and I appreciate the way they did this thing. They kept it in house. They were professional with it. They didn't want to do interviews. They didn't do any talking. Graydon Grimes was on campus last weekend. Okay, and and again, he didn't announce stuff that he was in Lawrence. He didn't post anything, and, and he he handled his business the right way. And I and I'm sure the 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 staff at Baylor and Dave Aranda. They knew this was coming. They had an idea. 
Obviously, his dad, Jeff Grimes, is the offensive coordinator, so it's a natural fit that he would go to Kansas with his dad. You know, we've got him listed, Randy, as a tight end, but when you go back and look at his high school clips from this year, everything's really as a lineman, uh, even a down lineman. He kind of shifts sometimes where he's kind of doing a little three technique, then he's got some other times where he's between a guard and a tackle. So, you know, hey, this kid's a big kid. He's like 6'6", 240 pounds, and he is going to grow into a big guy. So, man, hey, not only did did they get a great offensive coordinator in Jeff Grimes, because if you've followed it and you've been on the boards, you know that I have been a Jeff Grimes fan, and he was one of the names I had listed at the top. Now they get to add Graydon Grimes' his son, who I think is going to be a good football player. No question. I'm going to ask you a few questions now and put you on the spot like we do, you know, seemingly every Uh-oh. year about this time. Uh oh. About, but we're going to do a little different about a few groups and and players specifically to get your thoughts. So let's do it a little different. Like I say, first off, if there's a position group that stands out, give me two or three of those right now. Ooh. Um, well, since you said groups, I'm going to take it. Um, I'm going to take it as groups that had multiple players in their position group. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know the offensive line, okay? Kenny and Nina, Anini and Harrison Utley, and David Abajan and Carter Lavrusky out of Arizona. Listen, those are those are four linemen in the class there, and and they're all kind of unique in their own way. Uh, you got guys, a lot of tackles there. I think some of them can end up moving inside and doing guard, but that offensive line group I like. The defensive backfield is freaky. I mean, the D-backs yes, are, I mean, is. Austin Alexander and Damani Maxson, Jalen Todd, and Andre Gibson. I'm, I'm sitting here going, hold on, I'm missing my guy, Andre Gibson. I mean, he's one of my favorites in the class that probably doesn't get talked about a lot. So right there, um, and then defensive ends. Okay, we've got Dak Brinkley listed as a linebacker, but he is going to be a D-end. He's, he's rated as a linebacker, and I mean, man, Dak Brinkley and Deshaun Warner coming off the edge. Oh, man, I don't know that I've seen two D-ends in a class like that, especially high school kids, in a long, long time at KU. No doubt. If there's a sleeper in this group or someone you felt was – maybe a little underrated by people on the outside. Who would that be? Yeah, well, you know, I just talked about Andre Gibson. I think after watching them play their final two games of the year, I think Andre Gibson is a guy that can flat-out play. And he kind of got... I don't want to say he was lost in the shuffle in the Desert desert Edge guys, but when they got three commitments, Gibson committed first, and then his name never got brought up as much. But when you watch them play, man, this kid's electric. And he is he's like one of the top punt and kick returners in the state of Arizona. And he is fun with the ball in his hands. I was watching their their semifinal game, and the announcers were just talking about, you do not want to kick the ball to this guy. And I think next year, Randy, he could challenge to be on the field next year as a kick returner. So that's one guy right there I think is underrated. You know, I don't mean to do this and, and not leave people out, but if there are, say, three recruits who you think could contribute the most next year, you know, you mentioned potentially him being able to get on the field as a returner. Who are the guys that you think are the most likely to contribute next year? Oh, boy. Um, God, that's a great question. That's a hard question. I have to um, 
I'll tell you what I got to do. Hold on here. I, I've got to pull the list up because, well, first of all, Deshaun Warner. Okay, he's he's one who has the talent to be on the field. And going in next year, you know, you never know what the defensive end group is going to look like. So uh, I looked down the list here: Abajan, Brinkley, Warner, Lebrusky, Maxson. Uh, you know, Randy, I'll tell you what: as as I glance down this list, that's a good question, but that's a hard question. It takes a little bit of thought here. Um, you almost hope that what they can do next year is what they did this year and that they're deep enough and good enough that a lot of these kids can redshirt and get stronger and get faster. Um, Martell, Isaiah Marshall, you know, you just, you know, you hope that Isaiah Marshall's not on the field. Andre Gibson, Carson Brunn, Kamara, Stewart. I'll tell you, when I look down this list, Randy, there's a lot of talent. And I mean, it is a good class, but... I I hope as I look at these guys that there are players in front of them currently on the roster. I hope it's hard for these guys to get on the field. I absolutely agree. I think, you know, you'd said at one point you hoped, I think it was one of the last couple podcasts we did. It would be amazing if they could redshirt this entire class. And I, I love it. I think it would be phenomenal if they could. I think for the first time in quite a while, if they're unable to, it won't be because they are in they are so bereft of talent at important position groups if young guys get on the field this year it's going to be or this next season excuse me it's because they earned the opportunity and were just they just outplayed guys that were already here well here let me just throw this at you i mean as an example like i look at the defensive backfield okay in mm-hmm. this class and i sit here and say hey these there's some really good players but then you're thinking okay are they going to beat out, you know, are they going to beat out Kobe Bryant or Melo Dotson? Okay. Are they going to beat out OJ Burroughs? Are they going to beat out Marvin Grant? I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, they're really good players, but when you're talking about getting on the field next year, there's still some pretty good players coming back in the program. So, you know, ho- hopefully that gives them a chance to redshirt like, like this class did this year. So give me a name of somebody that you think in this class has the potential to be a team captain someday. Oh, my man, Isaiah Marshall. I mean, I no agree. doubt. Yeah, I um, agree with you. After watching him play, and I love watching the games. You know, we do so much off highlight film, okay? Mm-hmm. And and when you watch a team play a full game, like I did Marshall, I watched them play two full games. I watched Stewart play in the Georgia State Championship. I watched every play of that game. I watched the kids from Desert Edge play in their semifinal in the state championship. I watched every play of the game. You learn a lot about just kind of their body language and and, and what they're doing in tight games and their leadership and what they're doing. I, I watched Isaiah Marshall. He was not going to let his team lose, man. That kid is a competitor, and he is a leader, and you can just tell he's got an infectious personality. So I would say if there's a guy that I got some money on down the road that'd be a team captain, it's Isaiah Marshall. I, I, I'm i right there with you on that one. I think it's it's not just – I mean, he is – he is he has everything you want in a quarterback's prospect as a dual threat, but he also just has that that it factor. Just the way he moves and the way people respond to him. You can see he is he's one of those guys. And it's it's gonna be a lot of fun to see when he finally gets the opportunity just how he can lead this program. All right, so 
Last question. When you look down the list, who's someone that you think has untapped potential that maybe Gildersleeve and Leipold and the rest of the staff might be able to tap into when they get to Lawrence? Oh, man, that that one for me is easy. John John Kamara from from Desert Edge. I mean, this kid's six foot four, 200, 205 pounds, and he's got a frame on him. Randy, I think this guy, I think, I think Kamara could get to 240 pounds. And oh, wow. I mean, he can run and he can, I mean, he can fly. And he, I, I see him playing that hybrid position right now, but I can also see him <laughs> adding the weight to where he's a, definitely a full-time linebacker because I think with his frame, he can get bigger, and you talk about a guy with a with a ceiling a upside. Kamara's my guy there. Do you think there's any chance Kamara could grow into another DN in this class? Well, I don't know. I don't know. And see, I think somebody mentioned that on the board at one time. But see, Dak Brinkley's a linebacker, but he plays off the edge. Okay, Kamara is like a safety who's going to go to linebacker. Okay, so now if you're talking about Kamara playing defensive end, you're talking about a guy now having to jump two positions. And that's a, that's a pretty big jump for a kid who kind of plays safety now and then probably will be a hybrid and then going to a linebacker and then all of a sudden coming off the edge. I mean, that's a lot of transition for a guy. No question. All right, so, John, let's end with this. We're going to do the the famous signing day lightning round that I know you you love <laughs> where we're going to talk about every single recruit it's a tradition like no other uh started several signing days ago I think it might have even been in might have even been during the pandemic that we started this I'm not sure anyway you ready to get started I'm ready okay David Abijan yeah offensive lineman from California was committed to Oregon State you know he flipped to the pack he the the whole pac twelve thing I, I think was one of the reasons he flipped, but Kansas was there they stayed on him uh I think he's right now I think he's a true tackle um and the and the staff did a great job of getting on him when they started to get the feel that he might start looking around. What about Dacius Brinkley? Yeah, I mean, I mean, defensive end. Well, we got him as a linebacker, but he's a defensive end from Katy High School. Great program there. Um, God, I mean, with him and Warner coming off the edge, it, that's got to be the best one-two punch at high school, Dean, that I can remember. And and people are going to like Dak Brinkley getting after the quarterback. You mentioned Warner. Tell us about Deshaun. Yep, defensive end, Desert Edge High School. And, you know, I say the word Desert Edge a lot because they've got three guys committed, and Jordan Peterson's done a great job there. Deshaun Warner's going to be a star, and he's only going to get better because when you watch him, like some of the times when he comes off the edge, everything's that speed rush, and he just he uses his speed so well to just fly past tackles. And then, obviously, he's going to have to do add some things to his game because when he starts getting in the Big 12, some of those tackles are going to get used to that and get prepared for that. But, man, once he starts learning even more, he's going to be really good And once he's developed by the staff. And, you know, he's going to play in the Army Bowl. So, I mean, that that shows you right there the talent this guy's got. Carter Lavrusky. Oh, interesting you bring him up because he played offensive line for his high school against Desert Edge in the state semifinals. I watched every play of that game. He mainly played right tackle. Uh, he's athletic. He's got long arms. I, I got to tell you, 
we always talk about film or video. The best video I saw of Carter Lovrusky was shortly after he committed in the summer at Lance Leipold's house. He goes out and he does a flip into the pool. Okay. He oh, sends wow. me he sends me the video and I'm sitting here going, Okay, that was a great flip. And that kid's also six six two sixty. So I was like, hey, that isn't just some little guy pulling that flip off. So he's pretty athletic. What about Tamani Maxson? Yeah, safety from uh, Clear Lake High School in Texas. Great ball skills, uh, can play physical. You know, he was a four-star kid the whole way through the rankings. And then our very last ranking, he got bumped down to the highest three-star. I still never figured that out. He had a, he had a good year. And um, I think he's a four-star talent, and he's going to definitely be somebody back there at that safety position that can come in and next year learn from some guys in front of him. One of the best names I think I've ever seen in a recruiting class, Kenny Anene. Yeah, offensive line from Minnesota. Here's why I like him, okay? He's probably the one guy in the in the class that didn't have some of the glitzy offers that you see from a lot of guys. He was an evaluation player. Scott Fuchs saw him in a camp, liked what he saw, and went after him. And I love it when guys like, listen, Scott Fuchs can coach. We know that, okay? He's taken guys that probably aren't going to be NFL guys, and he has molded some really good offensive lines. So when when he sees a guy like Anini, you just kind of have your confidence in him that Fuchs knows what he's looking for. So again, you know, Anini is a untapped guy and he'll, he'll get better in KU system. Jalen Todd. Yep. Four star, uh, corner, same high school as I, Isaiah Marshall long again, six foot one, which, you know, that that's kind of become a theme here. You know, they've looked for these taller, longer corners. You know, he was hurt the the last part of the season and didn't get a chance to stay in that state championship game, but he'll report early and, and he's got a lot of potential. What about Harry Stewart? Yeah, I love Harry Stewart, man. Uh, running back out of Frisco, Texas. I was just watching his film a couple days ago. He is really good. And when I watch him, I got to go post this on the message board. And I, and I want people to tell me who he reminds them of. Because it's the same, he runs with the same type of style of someone that I think will be easy, easily recognizable on, on, the, on the film. What about Austin Alexander? Yeah, another guy uh, just got bumped to four stars. Corner, just like Todd, he's six foot one. He, he's part of that group of recruits that Jordan Peterson did a great job with. And again, this guy had several Big Ten schools, and he's from he's from Big Ten country in Illinois. He goes into Kansas, takes one visit, he commits, and he shuts it down. I mean, what a great job by the staff to get somebody like that to do that. Then, let's see, Harrison Utley, a name that, gosh, it's been so long since we've talked about the guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, probably offensive lineman from Norman, Oklahoma, probably one of the best stories of the entire class, right? I mean, no the guy, question. the guy commits to Kansas, grows up an Oklahoma fan. Mom works at the university of Oklahoma. He gets the offer from Oklahoma and he tells him thanks, but no thanks because the key stays loyal to KU. And this is what I'm talking about. The type of character kids that they have in the class. I, Randy, you, you and I have been doing this a long time. 
How many times in the past do you think we would have ever seen a kid from Norman get an offer from Oklahoma and tell him, no, I'm going to Kansas? Never. Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I mean, it's just – it. That's the thing. It was. It's been so long ago. You know, we started it by saying we're going to focus on high school kids because they kind of get lost and forgotten for most of the most of the fall, really, because the focus and all the talk is about what's going to happen with the portal and who's going to be available. He's been committed so long, even though it was such a great story. I think it's kind of been forgotten. So I, I'm, I'm glad we get a chance to talk about Harris Nutley again. What about Jacory Stewart? Yeah, we'll get to hear hear from him in a minute in our interview, man. Linebacker, kid can run all over the place. He goes sideline to sideline, uh, had the big interception in the state title game that sealed it. He brings a lot of athleticism to that linebacker spot. Then Jonathan Kamara. Yeah, well, again, another linebacker like Stewart, crazy athletic, you know, the world is open to what Kamara could could be. I mean, we just talked about his frame and and the potential he's got to get so much bigger. I mean, he could go he could be that hybrid guy or just grow into a normal linebacker. Okay. Carson Brun. Yep, tight end out of Iowa. He was the number one rated tight end in Iowa. He had some he you know, he had Kansas State, Iowa State. He had some other guys on him that were that were uh solid schools. Again, he he committed early, and I was even surprised when he committed because I thought he was going to take some other visits. Um, when you watch him, it's kind of interesting. His his team didn't seem to throw a lot, but they lined him up all over the field. He kind of lined up as a receiver. He lined up a little bit as an H-back. So, you know, good athlete. I was just watching some of his basketball clips. Andre Gibson. Yeah, man, cornerback from Desert Edge. I, I, I think he is a guy that is is fun in the open field. I know he's a defensive guy, but watch out on punt and kick returns. I think he could uh I think he could challenge some of these guys next year. Then Isaiah Marshall. Yep, quarterback out of Southfield A&T, great leader, great competitor. Um boy, he he's a perfect fit for what KU does offensively. You know, he they they like to throw the ball, they like to do some quarterback run game. He is phenomenal in that quarterback run game. Man, he's got such a good feel and I don't know if he's a burner but he's a good runner he's very instinctive and you know Randy I talked about this about watching the full games okay when you watch Isaiah Marshall it his game clips show you what huddle clips don't just with his leadership and the way you could tell the way he's in that huddle and the way he lifts that team up around him. So it, it was impressive watching him play an entire game where you're watching everything. Red Martell. Yeah, running back out of Oklahoma. Hey, Red started it all. He was the first commitment in the 2024 class. So he gave some props to Red. He got everything going. You know, he's a strong kid. He's a physical back. But, I, you know, I was watching some film on him the other day. He makes some cuts and makes some people misses that I don't know that I saw his junior year. I mean, th- there was a couple of times where he, like, did some jump cuts and stopped on a dime in, the, in between the tackles and made some linebackers missed. And I was kind of – I kind of went back and watched it, and I was like, man, I didn't I didn't know Red had that in him. So th- there was also a couple of clips I saw him playing quarterback. So, again, him and, him and Stewart, pretty nice one-two punch at running back. And finally, latest addition to this class, Mr. Graydon Grimes. Yep, 
as we talked about, son of the offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. Uh, when you watch him on film, you know, everything screams defense uh, with that size and frame. You know, boy, again, we talk about Gildersleeve and what he can do with guys. I think he'll add some weight to Grimes. And, you know, I think Grimes could be a guy you end up moving inside down the road. Okay, we're going to wrap this thing up, the signing day edition of the Inside Slant podcast, and let Ja'Cory Stewart take us home. Here's the new Jayhawk on signing with Lance Leifold on KU and talking about his big play to seal the state championship. We are joined on our signing day podcast by Ja'Cory Stewart from Milton High School in Georgia. Ja'Cory, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? Yes, sir. I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing well. I got to ask you, what's it feel like to officially be a Jayhawk? It feels great. I couldn't, I really just couldn't wait to sign these papers. I couldn't wait for this moment, beautiful moment that I'm enjoying with my family. I'm thankful for God blessing me with this opportunity. And that's just really it right there. You know, I want to go back to the state title game. Okay. I watched every play. It was a great high school game. Just tell me about winning the title making the big play that seals it with the pick six. Just take me through that and how it felt. Uh, that was that was a great play. I, get, I know I made my coaches proud. I know I made my mama proud. I made my uh, my family proud. Really, I just made everybody proud. And I love that moment because when he threw that ball, I didn't think he was really going to throw that ball. So when he threw it and I made the play, it was just a great moment. You know what I'm saying? A moment I – me and my team never going to forget. We made history at Milton. Um – the last seven, eighteen, it was just a great, just a great, just a great thing to do overall. All right, I want to go into the, you know, when you picked KU, it was in the summer, and then I know you went on some other visits with your teammates, and I remember reaching out to you because everybody was getting worried. Uh oh, is is Jacory going to change his mind? Is he going to flip? But I remember you kept t- saying, no, there's nothing to worry about. Just talk about staying committed, staying true to your word, and sticking with your commitment. Yeah, like one thing about me, I'm a real stand-up, real loyal guy. So when I say I'm committed, I'm really committed. Like, I ain't looking nowhere else. Like, yeah, I took a little visit. Maybe took a couple of visits with my friends. But, like, if I say I'm committed, I'm committed because I stand on loyalty at the end of the day. Like, I ain't trying, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going nowhere for no money, for nothing else. Like, Coach, I, I, I mess with Coach Lipo. I mess with Coach Simpson. I mess with Coach O. I mess with the whole coach that ain't been nothing but loyal to me, so I'm going to be loyal to them. I ain't finna, you know what I'm saying, play with nobody's time or play with nobody because they ain't play with me. They bless me with an opportunity, and I'm I'm not going to play with them. I'm going to be loyal to their program. And I know a lot of that is the relationship you built with Chris Simpson. Just talk about Coach Simpson and, and what the bond you guys built. Yeah, I mean, I love Coach Simpson. Great dude. Uh, I, I, I talked to him Saturday when I talked to him. He was just so happy I made the play. He said he was in the house screaming. Like, me and him just got a great relationship. He always texts me, always calls me, always checking on me, always checking on my mama, always checking on my little sister. Like, we just got a great bond, and he's just a great dude. You know, in a span of 10 days, you sign with KU, you win a state championship, you get all the headlines because you made the big play at the end. I mean, could you think of a better 10 days? Nah, I really can't. I'm just I'm just really blessed God. I'm just really thankful God blessed me with that opportunity to make that play and and for that for all that to happen all in this span. God blessed me with to be able to make that play. He blessed me to be able to sign in the KU. And all oh, this is just really great. All right, 
your linebacker, break down your game. If you had to tell the KU fans what they can expect from you on the field, what is that? They can expect uh, a player, a player who's going to make this program better, a player who is committed, a player who is loyal, and a player who's going to make plays no matter what position I'm in. That's what I can promise them. I'm going to make plays, and I'm going to make sure KU is in good hands. This signing class is one of the better high school signing classes I've seen at KU in a long time. Did you get a chance to meet some of the guys or at least get to know them and stay in touch with them? Yeah, well, I don't really talk to a lot of them like that, but we follow each other on Instagram, but we don't really talk like that. But like, when I get down there, hopefully, you know what I'm saying, it's going to re- really become a real brotherhood once we get down there. I, but since I'm like really the only guy from Georgia, like, I don't really know them like that. But when we, you know what I'm saying, when we all get down there, I'm going to get to know them. We're going to get to kick it out of that stuff. I ain't really rushing the process. We're going to get to know them, though. We're going to build that brotherhood. Well, Ja'Cory, thanks for joining us. And again, congratulations on signing today and officially a Jayhawk. And thanks for being on the podcast. Yes, sir. Thank That is the final word from our man, Ja'Cory Stewart, shutting down the podcast just like he did the state championship game. That will do it for this special signing day edition of the Inside Slant. We'll be back in a couple days to preview the bowl game matchup against UNLV. We'll talk portal recruiting in that one. We're going to talk more high school recruiting, lots of recruiting, and everything related to KU football. For my man, John Kirby, I'm Randy Withers. You've been listening to the Inside Slant podcast from jayhawkslant.com. We will talk with you again soon. This has been a podcast from jayhawkslant.com. 